0: on those headphones. It's time for Naughty Talk with Sunny Lee Maine. Welcome to Naughty Talk with Sunny Lee Maine, the podcast that explores all things kinky in a sexy and inclusive way. This show is intended for mature audiences aged 18 and up, and some listeners may find it disturbing. We believe in risk-aware consensual kink here on the show, so if you do try things mentioned on the show at home, know that neither the show nor the cast are responsible for any accidents, injuries, legal, or property damages that may occur while getting your kink on. All right, next up, I am super excited to have Nothead he, him, back with us. And last time you were here, you... Talked a little bit about predicament and rope bondage, but I really want to focus today on your other love, which is, you know, this erotic photography. You've been absolutely. Up to. Um. So, I mean, you've talked a little bit about your kink journey, your rigging journey. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your photography path?
1: Sure. Um, I am. I'm late to the interwebs. Uh, I don't think I got on the interwebs till. 99 or 2000. And you know, about that time, a year or two later, everybody had cell phones and four or five years later than that, after that, uh, everybody had cell phones with cameras. Uh, prior to that, it was really kind of old school kink and everybody had Polaroids and it was, it, it was almost like a kinky calling card. If you had a Polaroid, man, you must be doing something cause you don't want take those to the photo matter to the, to the local Walmart to get them developed. <laughs> so like everybody else, as, as I, as I got kinky, it was fun to be kinky. And like uh, you, you mentioned last time you had a story about your first sexual partner and how exciting it was, and you got to be naked with people. It was so cool. It's kind of the same thing. You, you get to be kinky and then it's not enough. And you're like, yeah, but I want pictures of her tied up because that was really hot. What we did or her butts pink. Cause I spanked her or whatever your kink is. and. So we, we graduated from, from Polaroids to those horrible cell phone pictures and even just the quality of the camera was horrible. And like everybody else, I like sexy pictures, you know, we're visual creatures. We're, you know, we're, we're turned on by that stuff. We see it, it grabs our eye.
0: Those made a comeback as like a,
1: a <laughs> okay. So What's that? Hey.
0: The the Polaroid. So like a little before my time, but you know the yeah. But recently it yep. made a comeback. People were like, "This is this cool vintage form of photography." Yeah. and we had them like in pastel colors and oh yeah,
1: the the coloring is all off, and it's it's a wide angle lens, so it's distorting and it's unflattering, and uh, and the lights on the camera, so it's horrible. Talk to Rigger; she loves that crap. It, it, you'll you'll get along great. Um, so I. I, I started there. I I was dating a kinky girl that was an exhibitionist and so loved to have her picture taken and loved to look at the pictures and she would get off to her own picture. She loved that, that there was evidence that she'd been tied up and been kinky and it was really hot. It was very cool. Um, my photos were terrible. Uh, I used the phrase war crime to describe my photos. They were just awful and it was so unflattering and they were, the posing was bad. The framing was bad. The composition, everything was just horrible. Uh, what we were doing was hot, but I was taking terrible pictures of it and I, I got the bug to just do better. And it kind of started with, um, I would have sort of, uh, and concept is giving me too much credit, but I would have sexy concepts in my head and I couldn't figure out how they wouldn't come out like that. I would look at it and it was hot and I would take a picture of it. and It was terrible. And eventually I was, um, I was slowly improving, very slowly. And um, Wicked Dave and Clover were the really big deal on Fed at the time. And, and they still are. They're, they're amazing. They're headliners everywhere they go. And they're, and they're close friends of mine. And Clover's a great photographer. And I was so terrible. And she was very patient and gave me some just kindergarten level direction to get me started. So I, I really owe her. Um, and a couple years after that, I, I was working with some local photographers as their rigor and eventually met a really, really good photographer named who's on, uh, on social media and on FET as Connor. And the guy is so technically good. It's difficult to explain. He is really credentialed. He's got a legit education in it. And in fact, he used to teach at the university level. So he's really, really good at it. And he was, he was very generous with his knowledge it, He, he, he's like learning from a cranky uncle, but at the same time, he's, (laughs) uh, he's just really very technically it's hard to describe how, how good and how solid the guy is. Um, he's very generous, uh, but, but can be very tight lipped and absolutely holds it to a standard. Uh, Even if you're improving, you're not doing it right yet. And it's, um, It's use a meter, get it right, set up, know what you're going to shoot, know what it's going to look like before you ever pull the trigger, have a concept, light for the concept, uh, shoot for the edit. Edits should be very light. You should get it in camera. Um, And it was a very steep learning curve. He's very good, but um, I guess uncompromising. Open-minded, but very uncompromising that it has to be technically uh, well done.
0: What's that phrase people say like... Close Only Counts in Horseshoes and Hand grenades. Exactly,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I learned a lot from him. Um, and again, going back to when I said I I had sexy ideas, I wanted to paint sexy pictures, I had these sexy daydreams, and I had to use the word concept because it wasn't a fleshed out idea in my head at the time, but I couldn't make them, I couldn't translate them to an image. Um, and everything that I... Uh, you You come at a problem from your own perspective. So now when I go and now when I go to shoot with a rigor, and back then me, I would start from the oh well, her elbows are going to be tied and she's going to have high heels on. you know it was I'm starting from the bondage. Now when I start, it's what's the feel, what's the light? what's the story I'm telling? The bondage is secondary, maybe third. And he really he really dug into that, and he really showed me that no, 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 I don't I don't care where her elbows are. No, I don't care that. I want to know what's it feel, what's it look like.
0: So, what does it makes it like? That makes it powerful, or that makes it really hot. What is like the main like secret ingredient if you want to well, a really awesome photo?
1: I tell uh, when assuming again a. a a male rigger and a female bottom just for the purpose of conversation. Uh, When they come into the room and they start to set up, um, all I want from him is a rough description of the position and where her head's going to be. So I can light it and then I will pull her to the side and I will say 90% of what's going to make this photo pop is my lighting and your facial expressions. So you Meryl Streep the fuck out of this and I will light it how you want. And we'll tell a great story, <laughs> and so I mean, you think about it, it; it really is the lighting sets the mood. It absolutely does. If you think about a uh, a, a clown, you think about a clown, and I like I like the clown like an iPhone commercial: no shadows, a lot of white, super everything's very close and smiley, and it's soft, it's bright, uh, it's not dingy, it's not dramatic. Right? It feels like a kid's birthday party. And then I like the exact same clown with a dark background,
0: like a, a flashlight a really, under his face <laughs> and a
1: really harsh light. Yeah. A monster light under his face or a really hard light from one side with a, with a, with a red edge on the other side, exact same clown. One of them will scare the shit out of you. And one of them's a children's birthday party.
0: Okay. So lighting is like absolutely number one. Yeah.
1: Lighting is, and, and people in, in our cell phone day and age, people overlook that and they, you get in the habit of accepting a proof of that's what I did. Hey, look, there's a dog with a bow tie. You take a cell phone picture. You don't care what the lighting is.
0: I'm glad that you had that experience. It sounds so positive. So I'm sort of like a super amateur shutterbug. And um, I mean, I mostly have done posing and modeling. And then I started to take my own pictures because I'm a visual artist and I, I started to get into that, but I don't have any technical training and. Sure.
1: Everybody started there. Everybody had a first day. So don't, don't be intimidated by it. Just if you can, if there's again, if there's something, you know, Connor might be stingy with, with compliments. But one of the things he said is that you picked up reading light pretty quickly. So I can look at a photo and I can, I can reproduce the light in that photo or I can look at a photo and I can tell you how it was lit. So once you have those keys and you like the Frank Frazetta inspired photos that we were just looking at a minute ago, um, I look at Frank Frazetta's work and I think, man, that's amazing. And then I start to dissect how I would light it to make that effect.
0: Yeah. And I I think that, you know, for me, like I tend to be, somebody who like starts with like a feeling like, how do I want to feel and how do I want to look?
1: And now we're getting with, with the concept, which is again, a minute ago you asked me what really makes a photo uh, erotic or pop or stick with you. And all those are are good descriptors. And I want to tell a story in that one image. Um, I mean, you know, erotic stuff and which again, circles back to predicaments a little bit because I want your eye stuck on the photo. We're in this swipe, 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 or scroll, scroll, scroll kind of era, right? You're on, you're on uh, Instagram or you're on FET. Uh, Instagram's easier because it's, it's photos that you can just keep scrolling through or Tumblr or, or Flickr or one of these. You just keep scrolling through. And how long do you spend on a given photo? Probably less than a second in a lot of cases, maybe average of two seconds, right? And then something catches your eye. And every photo you're looking at is naked and kink and erotica, and that's fine. But you're scrolling through and scrolling through, and something stops you. And your eye starts to bounce around the frame. And you start to ask questions and answer questions. And you start to tell yourself a story as you look around the frame. Uh, And predicaments make you do that. Just as an easy example of, of one reason I like them and I shoot them is... You come into the frame and you look, okay, it's a, it's a hot girl and she's tied up and she's in a little bit of duress or struggle or whatever it is. And then you go, well, why has she been over? Oh, her hair's tied like that. Well, why can't she? Oh, there's a crotch rope that is pulling the other direction, but couldn't she? Oh no, no, there's nipple clamps there. And now you're stuck on my photo for 10 seconds or 30 seconds, which is a long time in this day and age. And you start to appreciate it. What is she going through? Oh, wow, that's really cool. Oh, wow, you know what? I love her lingerie. Ooh, those are sexy heels. Ooh, what is that over in the corner? Oh, my God, that's a, whatever, it's a bloody telephone. What does that have to do with the story? And you just sort of roll around in the photo, and a concept, to me, the essence of that is that you have the whole story in your head, uh, and then you go and make it.
0: Now for you know, for me, my primary art form was always writing and I write this mm-hmm. erotica and these erotic novels. and I definitely think I have some of that brain when I approach taking photos, that sort of thing. and in sure. my mind, you know, it's it's about, you know, when I'm writing, I often I almost always write in the first person because I want, the reader to sort of like step into that story, look around sure. of that wine, touch things. I want them to know what it feels like to be that person. And so, exactly. you know, I, I approach my painting that way. I approach my photos that way. And my paintings are, are shit. <laughs> They're terrible. It's okay. You know, if you're having like, fun, who cares? You know, but I, yeah. I push myself sometimes to do that because I feel yeah. like it brain's a different part of my brain. But you know, when I'm doing photos, um, you know, one, I want to tell a story and two, you know, then there's this element of being sort of aesthetically pleasing. And I had this experience and, you know, um, I think sometimes there are people who are really focused on the technical aspect of any kind of art, you know, or like that's a run on sentence in a book or your brushstrokes are wrong in your painting or, you know, you know, That's not, like, the perfect butterfly pattern in your photo. And, sure, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I take all these pictures with a cell phone, and now I have this fancy camera, and I want to learn a little bit about it, and I want to get some books on it. And I actually joined this, like, photography group because I wanted to learn. And, you know, I posted um, a picture, and it got, like, really... You know, this is all wrong, like shit reviews. And I was like, okay, but why? And so then I, I took that and I, I did this other photo shoot and I did it with a fireplace. And I added some artificial lights and I'm like, I'm really going to try, you know, to get some shadows in there to give it sure. down. And I'm really going to, you know, put my, my best foot forward and I'm going to try again. And I got to tell you, it was like, you know, if anybody's ever taken a drawing class or a painting class when they're in school and you have to put your art up on the wall and have everybody in the class, like tear it apart, oh yeah, it was like that. And people were like, well so first i got some like really positive comments like that's gorgeous and that looks really pretty and then somebody was like why is everybody saying this is good like that's clearly not the direction the light comes from when there's a real fire and it sure. and then i was like this is bullshit oh I'm like, without it a doubt. Good. Yeah. like like i don't fucking care like like yeah it's absolutely. Realistic, like it's a fantasy the whole point is glow and fantasy and shadows sure. and sexy and, and, it, like, and if you had
1: fun who cares
0: but also, like, you know, who cares? Like, who looks at a, an erotic photo like that and is in their mind thinking, like, the light's coming from the wrong direction if most of it's from the fireplace, if it's yeah, like, a gorgeous photo? I've like-
1: done that. I, I, do, <laughs> I, I used to do a, a segment of a, of a photo class called The Perfect Crime. And it was, let's say you're going to shoot outside in a sunset and you want the sunset of the photo. Part of what we do is is you're shooting mixed light because you're, you're adding light to a, a scene that's already lit by the sun. And I had to teach myself to do that because there were times that I would, I would shoot the photo. I would like the photo, but there was something about it that was distracting. Mm-hmm. And I, it's exactly what you just said. I have the light on the wrong side and I have the light on the wrong side. So your brain can't relax and, uh, enjoy the photo. So what you end up doing is you end up putting, uh, for instance, the light, uh, the one I just sent you, you have the, you're putting the light on the same side as the sun and you color the light to make it look like the same color as the sun. So you put literally an orange piece of acetate over your light to make it more orange, like a sunset. And then you brush the light across the model and, your brain relaxes a little bit and goes, okay, it's a sunset. That's fine. Um, but if I get it wrong or I move, because everything you're doing is for one perspective, if I get it wrong or I move to the other side and the light's now coming from the wrong side, it just, um, you know, they talk about in movies or storytelling, the suspension of disbelief and, and you just get a little bit of that. You get the, okay, it's, it's a nice photo, but it's clearly not a sunset lit or whatever.
0: For sure. And I think that's something that I, like, I think a lot about when I'm painting. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly there's like a place where, you know, like learning about, you know, different types of focus and, you know, you can totally take your images to the next level, but I think with any kind of art, there's like this place of, I'm going to learn some technical things so I can up my game. And mm-hmm. then eventually you have to get to a point where you're like, this is also art. And if it doesn't feel right to me, like, you know, who gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. If
1: you're not enjoying it, uh, you know, part of, part of the art is, is it's your therapy. You're creating things and, and you're having fun and great. Awesome. Um, and like you said, fuck it. If, if they don't, if they don't like it, have a blast. Great. Go fly a kite, go do something else.
0: Now, your photos, I think probably very few people say that kind of thing about.
1: Oh, no, I, I catch I catch plenty of, uh, let's call it constructive criticism from people um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, I don't have any illusion they're perfect, um, but I'm I'm continuing to work on it. And, and I do enjoy getting it righter than I did last time. But a lot of it, it really comes back to sort of what you were saying, where it's I started with something, the Frazetta painting that I did recently is a perfect, or not painting, the Frazetta-inspired photo uh, with a girl carrying the head um, and the the fiery red background, like she's walking out of hell with it. I'm very much, and this is, this is Connor's philosophy and theory that he teaches, is get it right in camera. Um, so when I show you the back of the camera, I don't have to go, oh, there's going to be a volcano and I'm going to Photoshop some tentacles coming out of your ass and uh, there's going <laughs> to be some butterflies here and a rainbow. I don't have to say that. So, uh, the model, uh, and her rigor were coming over these two girls from over in St. Louis and they, um, we were discussing different, uh, concepts and I had been really inspired by Frazetta and, um, uh, others of that style. And I, I sent them, um, I think it was a black and white sketch that I saw of a Frazetta similar to this. And, and it was the, the warrior princess was carrying a head and a sword, I think. And uh, I said I want to do this, but with a fire red background, and you're walking towards the camera, looking very powerful, like you just slayed whatever dragon it was or whatever. And she said, "Oh, okay, you know, that's you know, kind of gave me the uh, sure, whatever, that sounds okay." <laughs> um, and again, when you set it up and you shoot it with strobes, it doesn't. They don't see. They can't see what's happening. You know, the the strobe is happening in a a four thousandths of a second or something. So there's definitely a, um, uh, there's a bit of movie magic that's happening instantly and they can't tell. But what was neat was we set this up, uh, we shot it. And after three or four shots, I walked up and turned the camera around and the girl said, oh my God, that's exactly what you said it was going to be. So the light in the camera, by the time she saw the photo, not even edited, It was what I had described to her.
0: So we've got, you know, our lighting, we've got the feel that we want to go, the story we want to tell. And then how do you sort of, you know, like you see all of these elaborate poses, sometimes people are suspended. Sure. How do you go about sort of staging that? Like, do you have the person make a shape with their body first and then make the rope fit?
1: It, It really depends. Yeah. If, if we come up, if we start with a, a, a sort of a challenging pose or whatever that we're after, there's more than one way to get there. There's more than one way to skin it. There really is. So, uh, if you're, if you're in a dungeon that if you're in a dungeon, a play space, uh, a, a photo studio that has a winch, a lot of times you can tie some very, very comfortably and then lift them into the position with a winch. Uh, and, and some of the photos that you see have been done just like that. Um, if, And again, I'm overgeneralizing with Shibari folks. um, But in a lot of cases, they will tell me what they want to get to. And then they will do a half hour scene getting to that pose. By which time the model is worn out and we don't have much time in the pose. Uh, Or you can say, okay, here's the pose. Let's not stress the model until we have to. So you tie in a certain order and you tie sort of technically to get it done And you put them in the pose, whether they had to uh, do a handstand to get there or whether they were able to be lifted. And I mean, just speaking of like sort of more complicated suspension pictures, Uh, there's more than one way to get to the pose. And just like lighting is different every single time and I have to hide the light stand behind the model, I have to hide the light stand over the backdrop to to rear light her or uh, it's coming off to the side or I need a cookie or a gobo or whatever you're constantly problem solving to get the look that you want. Uh, and you're constantly problem solving of how do I make this, this bondage, this position, this suspension, this predicament, how do I make this work for the shoot? Uh, and that's where you'll get, you'll end up with favorite riggers to work with that understand that. And you'll end up with folks that maybe I got a good shot. Maybe we had a good shoot, but it was not when I think of a professional rigor, like I would like to behave as a professional photographer. I came into a space um, maybe they wouldn't be my first choice the next time. Um, whereas the uh, uh, the girls that came over from St. Louis, uh, excellent model, excellent rigor. Uh, and I would work with either one of them again. Um, but there are some that uh, think it's seen in playtime when it's photo shoot time. So, and, and some of that is about setting fair expectations, uh, getting everybody on the same page as well.
0: Yeah, and I, I definitely think that um, that's actually kind of a, a question that I wanted to ask you or that I wanted to talk about because, sure. you know. I'm a everybody knows. Everybody knows I'm a big giant exhibitionist, and sure. I mean there are like the photos that I take that I plan out, and like this is a photo, and then I like to have like natural shots that I take. Like I love to take pictures while I'm playing, mm-hmm. I love to do it, but without losing track of the scene. So how do you sort of like organize your brain? Do you separate your play brain from your art brain? Are there certain shoots that are for one or the other? Yeah, how do that's them a together?
1: That's a really good question. It. it It can be either or both it really can because you I mean again we're visual creatures you're an exhibitionist and I'm somebody that likes to capture those shots so we're doing something hot and you go wow that's really sexy I want a picture of that so now in the middle of a play session you want to get a picture of it well if we step back just one level removed I can say we're going to play in that chair right there or on that bed right there and I'm going to light that space And I've done that to where I know we're going to have a play session of whatever it is, whether it's bondage or spanking sex, tickling, whatever it's going to be. I'm going to light that space before you get there because I, for instance, you can just meter so that you know, things are properly lit without ever taking a picture. So I light the play space. And then as we're shooting, I leave the camera over there on the table. And as we're, I said, shooting as we're playing, Leave the camera over there on the table and Ooh, that's a really hot little moment. Click, click, click. Put the camera back down, go back to play. Pick up the camera, click, put it down, go back to playing. Uh, and you can get some you can get some high quality very sexy shots of play. You really can. And you know the reverse as well if you're uh, you know, I don't I don't mix play and photo shoots. If 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 I have like these uh, this rigor and model that came over from St. Louis. Like professional that was a, shoots,
0: you mean?
1: Yeah, that was a professional shoot. I was not there to play with either of those girls. That's and and I'm a professional and I don't just assume because they're there that they're expecting me to, to grope them or play with them or, or spank them or whatever it is. It's just that's not what we do. So there are times though, if I'm involved with somebody and we are doing we had planned to do a photo shoot. We have a cool concept. Here's our cool photo shoot and we have costume and lighting and props and all this cool photo shoot stuff there's time that can also turn into uh, a play session. So it's sort of the reverse of the other one where now I'm, everything's perfectly carefully lit and arranged and bound and whatever we're doing. And I'll say, you know, we got, we got the shot. Do you want to do this? Or do you want to continue doing that? Or, Hey, are you getting off on this? Let's keep playing. So it, it, it's sort of a continuum. It's not only one or only the other. It can be either or both.
0: I actually talked about that a little bit last season with another erotic photographer. And we talked a little bit about red flags. Um, mm-hmm. So I won't dig too much into it because we did an episode on it, but red sure. flags, if you're doing modeling and you know, it's something that I have run into all the time. Like I have so many people reach out and say like, Oh, you know, I'm a photographer and I would love to shoot you. And I like, I know just like based on how they're coming off, they're like, no, it's like, I want to sure. talk to you and take pictures. Oh, and, it's and not without the a doubt. Thing. And,
1: and, and just to be fair, uh, the reverse is also true. I have, I have without a doubt had, um, uh, I've, I've without a doubt had models showing up thinking it was a play session where we might take some shots.
0: Right, absolutely, and so we kind of like talked about like questions you want to ask the other person to sort of like you know, dig out like what is their angle? Is this really going to be? A yeah, what are your shoot, expectations a, here? Yeah, you know, yeah, proposition and and to negotiate it just like you would, you know, any kind of professional deal and any kind of scene. You know, mm-hmm. what decide? Make sure you're on the same page. Like, what is this shoot going to be? Sure. Um, you know, is it a hundred percent professional? Like, are you somebody who I want to play with who takes pictures and like, that has to all be discussed before you ever start. It can't be like a, a bait and switch situation. Absolutely. But you know, one of the things that I like to do when I'm actually playing with one of my, you know, my real partners and it's an intimate scene is is um, super fun. And I don't always expect them to come out to be these perfect photos, but they're awesome memories. And
1: Which that's totally fine. Nothing wrong with that at all.
0: You know, I I do a little bit of what you were describing, which is that, like, I'll think about, like, what does the space look like? What does the light look like? That sort of thing. And then I'll set up a camera um, or even my phone sometimes, and I get one of those little, like, Bluetooth shutters, Um, Sure. And so, like, whenever – and then we'll have our scene. And whenever the play is really hot or intense or I'm feeling a lot of pleasure or a lot of whatever, um, I click the button – like when the scene is at its most intense, and then you come out with all of these, you know, photos where that expression on your face is really genuine. You are still like in the scene, and I find that just, you know, just clicking a button in my hand when I'm really aroused or really excited or something really exciting is happening, it's not enough to pull my head out of the the scene.
1: Sure, and a couple of points there, but if you're doing that, and you know you are capturing uh, a moment. Uh, that can be, you can, it can go from being a distraction to being, Ooh, I can't wait to see that later.
0: And then it's hot all over again. <laughs> and that
1: can be a really positive thing. Yeah. It can be a, a very positive thing. And we had talked a little bit about it, but, um, even without setting up lights, like I talked about setting up lights and for a, for a play session, even without setting up lights, you can absolutely set yourself up for success uh by very very simple things. And we we used to run a class called Fetish Photo Hacks. And it was not about gear. It was not about lighting. It was not about uh you know a five thousand dollar DSLR or high res body. It was simple, simple things like clear the background. Look right, at, don't
0: have your room be a disaster <laughs> Yeah, look,
1: look at this look at the scene you're about to set, play, whatever. Uh you know, look at that from the position you might shoot it and you go, oh geez. Maybe I don't want that pile of dirty laundry there.
0: That's distracting to me. When I see a photo, it could be the hottest photo. Oh, yeah. I do it all the time. And I'm like, I can see like your dirty laundry. Yeah, like, without see. a doubt. I'm like, it's no, that's not sexy anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. Remove distractions. Um, in general, backup zoom in. Uh, in general, lighting that's on the same plane as the camera is going to be boring and flat. So for instance, you know, your standard Instagram light is what? The, you know, the girl is sitting in the windowsill looking out the window, the windows coming from the other side of her brushing across her. And that creates those shadows and that drama and that mystery. You can do a lot of things like that. Like I said, back up and zoom in without knowing about, you know, sensor compression or distortion. You've just given yourself a much more flattering uh, perception of what you're seeing. Whereas at arm's length selfie is like a 17 millimeter equivalent lens. Like there's something like that. Everything's horribly distorted and it's not terribly flattering. Um, and I find that most folks, if they have apprehension about photos, it says they just don't think it's going to be flattering. It's going to be, you know, uh, this is going to be distorted. They're bent forward. They have, everybody has belly rolls. They don't like, you know, that this is shown and highlighted or that their foot looks huge or whatever. They get <laughs> insecurities. That if you do some of the things we just talked about, you put the lighting, you know, and I don't mean set up lighting. I mean, if there's light coming in from the window, put the camera not in the window, shoot towards the window. And now all of a sudden you have shadows brushing across the body, just as an example. But there's ways to do all that without interrupting. Again, set a camera on a tripod and just, you know, hit your remote shutter. But if you do those little things, you know, like clear up the background and little things like that, you can have just excellent photos of play just with a cell phone or anything.
0: I am like the worst about that. Well, I I shouldn't say that I'm upfront about it. So like I have done shoots with professional photographers and I'm a little bit more relaxed, but sometimes somebody that i know and love wants to take pictures and i'm like i don't know i'm like if i look really bad i'm not gonna like the photos i'm not gonna want to push them and then you'll be offended and it's gonna be this whole thing like maybe we shouldn't go you know down that route and sometimes you know like i'll strike a bargain like i'll say okay like you can take pictures but
1: these are for the private spank bank
0: yeah, they're for the, the private spank bank <laughs> or, or like, why don't we do this as a collaboration where, like, you can take the pictures, but I'm going to have some really clear input about, like, how I'm posing my body because I know my ankles and, like, oh, you know, well, we're going to work doubt. on it together or, like, I'm going to maybe help with a little bit of the um, selection process for, like, what is going to be, you know, visible, so... I'm super picky and I'm like if if you can't handle that. <laughs> sure. And we shouldn't do this. And I I did a shoot with with one of my partners, um Mac and it was actually like one of our first like long weekend getaways together and we uh-huh. rented this really gorgeous Airbnb on the beach and it had really nice light and we we set it up together. We like agreed like, where is the bench going to be before there's any, we actually I think I have some rope in that. Um, But where is the bench going to be? What is the lighting going to be like? What pose is my body going to be in? And we sort of worked through it together. And then like, I even (laughs) contributed, we decided together where the camera like was going to be, what kind of angles. Um, So, I mean, it really was a true collaboration. And so it, it worked out and I actually, um, was comfortable enough to post some of the pictures, but I, I don't know, maybe I'm a diva, but I'm like, I don't want to look bad. I don't want bad. No, <laughs> no, pictures. No. And, and in general, most
1: people don't. Uh, I mean, you know, there, there's a humiliation degradation fetish where people, you know, want to be exhibited and and made to look terrible or whatever that that's fine. That's their kink. But most folks, I'd say 90 plus percent of people want want good photos of themselves. They want flattering photos of themselves and a lot of what I did um, as, and I'm, I'm still learning, please don't think that I'm saying I'm, I'm done and everything's perfect. But when I was really in a steep learning curve, a lot of what I did was shoot rope applied to pinup poses because pinup poses are, are flattering for almost every body type.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as a result, it, it gives a girl confidence when you can send her Hey, look, here's a link to some of the poses. These are, uh, posing videos for pinups on YouTube that I have nothing to do with, but these are the kind of poses I want to do. I just want to add rope to make it kinky, um, and you know, once they see that it, it, it's an, uh, it's not a 90 pound Cindy Crawford stick figure that's hitting these poses, and that they look great, and that there's nice curves, and this is elongating, and this is flattering. Uh, And you put flattering light on them. And as soon as you show them the back of the camera and they they look like that, everybody calms down and gets confident. It's great.
0: Yeah. And I I totally, you know, I recommend if you want to have amazing looking photos of yourself that are professional and have full control of them, um, sometimes like be prepared to buy the photos. Like to say a session with a professional photographer and I'm going to own the photos at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Some people, you know, they're like, oh, it's so expensive. And so I see people do this all the time. Yeah, so are
1: bad photos.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, sometimes they're bad. And and sometimes because they're expensive, you don't know if they're going to be good or bad. Some people will sign a model release that says that the photographer can do whatever they want in order to get like a discount. And I'm like, it's not worth it because if you hate those photos and they're going to be all over the place, like, you know, once you sign that release, then you make that deal. There's nothing you can do about it. So like if they're you and they're for your partner, Partners, or for your social media, and like you want to know that they're going to look good. You know, do some research, see what the photos of this person. Look sure, like.
1: absolutely. And and you were talking earlier about um, uh, you were talking earlier about uh, creepy photographers, and uh, they used to call them uh, cock with a camera, and all that kind of thing of of guys that you know go out and spend a couple hundred dollars on a Canon Rebel at, at uh, Costco. And uh, they start hitting on every girl they can of, Hey, I'd love to, you know, love to shoot photos. And that's not really what they mean. Um, You know, look at, um, look at the quality product. If somebody claims to be a photographer and they have one bad photo of themselves in a mirror with their dick out, that's not a pro photographer. Um, You know, they should have, they should be able to show a consistent body of decent work. Uh, The way I vet, If I'm going to shoot somebody is uh, I say, hey, I have 490 photos posted. Click on the link for one of the models and ask her what it was like to shoot with me.
0: That's so funny. I always recommend doing that in the reverse. Like, can I speak to one of your other models? Like, can I I talk to somebody? You can
1: randomly vet me with anybody in any one of the photos I've posted. It doesn't get simpler than that or more confident than that, that anybody. And some of those are ex-girlfriends that may not like me but they will not say anything negative about what I was like to shoot with. In fact, most of them would say it was like, you know, going to your brother, the doctor. I mean, (laughs) you know, um, I, I try to, I try to keep it professional. And again, you can go through and go, okay, there's a, there's a decent body of work here. This guy has shot for years and years, or even if it's only a year, because somebody could get really interested in photography and get decent in six months. But the girls that, they shoot and guy or girl, cause girls can be creepers too. Um, find out who they've shot and, and find out who their references are. Uh, and, and if you really want to shoot with them and they don't have references, then do it public, do it at a public event, do it with people around, take a friend. If, if photographer doesn't want you to take uh, a friend or chaperone or whatever they're calling it, um, that should be a red flag.
0: So shifting gears just a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and these things are tied together um, sure. a little bit, but I want to talk about because you've talked a little bit with the bondage stuff about sort of service topping. So I'm curious about one headspace when you're shooting and also, you know, headspace when someone really appreciates your art, I might've heard a little bit of a rumor Hmm. that somebody actually has like tattooed a piece of your art (laughs) on their body. So, so from both sides, you know, when you're shooting and like when somebody's appreciating your art and, and and that's a really profound way, what are those heads? Sure.
1: Um, I'm, Let's see. I guess you talked about headspace for uh, for when we're shooting. Usually, it, it is a little like service topping, especially if I'm shooting for you. I'm not shooting my own stuff. I'm not shooting for us. We're not playing. I'm shooting for you. You're a couple that came to me. Um, I've been brought to this event to shoot uh, your performance. Uh, I'm being paid to shoot your whatever it is that you're doing, a presenter shot, a wedding, who knows. It is a little like service topping. I want to make sure I give you a good ride. My accomplishment is that I did something cool for you. So it's definitely definitely that sort of mindset. It's more technical usually, but there are some soft skills to it. You know, helping you pose, getting you at ease, getting you confident. Uh, All of that comes through in the photo. Uh, Understanding what you want. If you want to look like you were beat up and rolled down a hill and thrown in a dumpster on fire, that's fine. And if you communicate that and you consent to that, that's not really my bag. That's more rigorous deal. Go talk to her. But it's uh, it, if you want gorgeous, gorgeous girl who's a model out in Colorado and she's just absolutely statuesque and gorgeous. And we shot a lot of gorgeous stuff with her. Uh, at an event, she did a really harsh scene uh, with another well-known guy who I'll, uh, another well-known top that I'll leave nameless and actually carved something into her. Uh, it was like slutty or worthless or something or dirty. She carved something into her and she had mascara running down her cheeks and her hair was messed up. And this was an absolutely gorgeous model that they just destroyed. And, I was, I caught her eye a couple times cause we're friends and I was just like, okay, give me a thumbs up. Like you're okay. And she made a beeline to me and she said, shoot me like this. And I'm like, I, that's not, uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking to get you dolled up and that's what we normally do. And she goes, nope, I want harsh, ugly light. I want it to look like it's a video call to the suicide hotline. And I said, okay, darling, that's what you want. And I put hard, ugly light on her. And made her look like she'd just been punched in the eye and she loved it. But that's what she wanted. I was still service topping that little photography scene. Most of the time it, it, it really is that um, there are folks that I've known for years. Uh, like <clears throat> you mentioned a friend of mine um, uh, without naming names. I have uh, friends of mine that are really big deal. Actually I can name their names because they're super duper out and they're everywhere and they're headliners at every event and they, Uh, They perform everywhere. And a few years ago, uh, Wicked Dave and Clover were performing. And uh, I got everything just really right. It was one of those kind of perfect storm nights. They did an amazing performance per usual. uh, And I happened to get the light a little better than normal. And we got some beautiful images of them in a performance. And a mutual friend of ours, who has some gorgeous tattoo work, um, took one of those images and put it probably... I don't know, 14, 15 inches high across her back, um, of the gorgeous Clover suspended by Wicked Dave. And it's now in ink permanent on a friend of ours. And that was, that was kind of a big ego stroke. Um, and then I took a picture of her suspended showing, uh, showing that tattoo as well. So it was kind of neat.
0: Did you know running. before she was going to do it, or was it a she, surprise? She told
1: us. She told us uh, a little bit before. I'm, I'm friends with her tattoo artist. He'd done some design work for me as well, and um, she reached out and to the three of us, to Wicked Dave Clover and I, and said, "Hey, I think this is the final design." And I was just gobsmacked. Um,
0: Were you anxious? Like
1: I, I was. Uh, it w- it's hard to describe. I was Holy just crap
0: this is permanent. I was so yeah
1: I, w- I was so flattered and it just came out of left field. I never thought anybody would do anything like that. I never thought I had images that were that good or that striking or that meaningful to people but she loves it and it's on her forever now.
0: That's incredible.
1: So yeah there um, uh, we we talked you brushed on it a couple times. We talked about your exhibitionism kink at photo shoots. And I wanted to get back to that as well.
0: Well, so let me let me clarify that. So yeah. I'm an exhibitionist, and so I like to share photos of myself publicly that I okay. feel like. And I mean, it's hot to be photographed, but I don't want to make it sound like like photographing me is can't be professional. Um, sure, but. You know, yes, I I definitely I get into the headspace of you know the same as like when I am doing a public scene sometimes, and I'm sharing photos exactly. So even if I don't feel always that that sort of headspace during the shoot, I definitely feel it when I share the photos. Sure. Um, And I mean, sometimes there's an element of that, like especially like if you are like even if it's not a photo shoot, like if you're dancing. Um, whatever, like people are watching you, looking at you, mm-hmm. there's definitely, you know, those little like bells that go off in your head and you're like, Oh, my brain kind of likes this. Um, uh, sure, exactly. you know, I like to put on a show sometimes. Mm-hmm. So there's an element of that too.
1: So I have a uh, sort of a follow on to the service topping. Um, and it's, it's happened several times. And, and one was, uh, I think I mentioned to you earlier, we started to talk about it where, Uh, the photographer, I'll just say the photographer, the photographer and I, this is back when I was a rigger and I learned something this day. So the photographer and I were sold as a pair to do a photo shoot at a, at a charity auction, a benefit auction. Um, we had a friend that, that, uh, had cancer and and we, so we, we, the dungeon banded together and and we did a a really nice benefit auction for this girl. And so we were sold as a pair. Uh, he was going to shoot and I was going to rig. And we were going to do this sort of John Willie shoot and very sort of retro pinup bondage. It was kind of fun. And the girl was very into it. And she showed up with like bullet bra, leopard panties, the whole thing. It was very cute. And Connor being the cosmo professional, now that I've said his name, um, had set up early and had metered and was totally ready to go before anybody got there. And he knew where she was going to sit for this pose. I think it was a kneeling pose. Knew where she was gonna sit for this pose, and had metered everything perfectly and had even done test shots like on a backpack just to make sure the lighting was falling right and everything. And I did the rope and uh the girl got there and I did rope on her and he hit the test button and popped the lights and said, Okay, let me check focus, pow. He said, Okay, look over here, arch like that, and yeah, give me that little twinkle smile. There it is, pow. And he says, Hey, not come here, sec." I want to show you something. And he pointed around the room a little bit, but he whispered to me, remember that one. And he pointed at a knot or something. And I fixed a knot. I walked out of this, out of the frame and he continued to shoot for another 20 minutes and posed her and directed her and, and uh, let her kind of flirt with the camera and go on and on. And uh, she went off to do her costume change. She, I think we did four sets that day for her, for that photo shoot. And while she was gone changing, he said, do you remember when I pointed out that shot? I said, yep. He said, we were done. The rest of that 20 minutes was for her, not you, not me. We already had the photo. She was getting to be an exhibitionist and getting to show off at a photo shoot. And that's how it's a combination of how good he was technically that he got it in two shots and how good he was at, or how good he is at the soft skills of knowing what that girl really wants out of the photo shoot.
0: Right. You want to feel so, a certain way. And yeah. So that kind of blew my that. mind. Yeah, that's pretty incredible.
1: I had a, a predicament slash play scene that was kind of right in the middle when we were talking about the possibilities. Had a, a predicament scene and the girl was um, mostly blindfolded. It was like a gauzy blindfold. Um, uh, lacy, I think it was lace. Um, and all predicamented and getting herself off and, and I was moving angles and, and pretty soon I found what I wanted and bang, bang, bang. And I got... I got the shots and I had a couple for insurance and he was, this is early on and he was still coaching me heavily and he, he motioned, I started to put the camera down and let her just continue to enjoy herself and get herself off in the predicament and just go back to the rope top side of it and topping the scene. And he shook his head when I started to put the camera down and he made a a motion with his trigger finger, like keep pulling the trigger. And I didn't understand. And I kept shooting like something had changed and then he's like pointing around the room, like he's like, I don't care what you're shooting. Keep pulling the trigger. She's getting off on the fact that pictures are being taken. And he was, again, very aware that half of what was getting this girl off was the fact that it was a photo shoot and she was on exhibit and it was being sort of recorded, you know, for uh, in, in Justin still photos. But that was the whole sum total of that scene for her. So I learned some stuff,
0: and it's actually kind of funny. I have sort of a, a reverse story. So, I did this boudoir shoot, sort of fetish boudoir shoot, with a photographer, um, and I told her that um, at the time I had four partners who had very different dynamics, and mm-hmm. um, I thought it would be really fun to like do a shoot and do like a different set for each of them. Sure. And one of the people I was um, just starting to kind of date at the time, but I had known forever. So we were already really close and we were just sort of starting to get into that like flirty. And they had a really gorgeous art studio. And it used to be a mill, like an old mill. Okay. Um. And they had an art studio where they did a lot of their painting. And so they let me use the space for the shoot. And the photographer, oh, cool. yeah, the photographer was great. And I mean, it was somebody that I sort of knew like a friend of a friend, but it was definitely a professional shoot. Like we'd negotiated it. There was a contract involved. Sure. These were my photos that I was paying for. And so, you know, we had the four different, um, sets, and one of them mm-hmm. was like super romantic, and I did it in like this vintage lingerie, and I was posing over this vintage trunk, and, and those are were for a partner who um is still, um you know one of my my primary partners. I hate to use those words, but <laughs> sure. you know um, that I have a long term, lifetime, committed relationship with, but is very vanilla. Um, and I did some shots that were kind of fetish. Um, you know, for a partner, and um, I did one with a vintage parachute for a partner who was in the military. Oh wow! Um, so I had like the you know the the different sets, and the person who was scheduled after me canceled, and hmm. so we ended up having a lot more time than we thought. And um we just both got so into it. And I was kind of like giving it my best. And also, you know, having danced for many years, I wanted to give it like my best poses and angles. And we were sure. just sort of like in this, like, like this little art groove feeding off of each other. And I'm like, how about this? And she's like, how about that? And um it ended up being really fun because the two of us just got so into it that she was really, truly you know, she told me this afterwards, she's like, usually I shoot for like, you know, like 15 minutes. And she's like, but I was having so much fun. I just kept wanting to shoot more and more and more. And we were feeding. Oh, without a fire. doubt.
1: Yeah. When the fish are biting, you don't leave. Yeah. yeah. When, when it's working. Yeah. When when something's working, if, if you, you had one pose, one set in mind, and it's working and everything's clicking. Yeah. Keep fishing. Absolutely. Um,
0: but it, you know, it was awesome and really fun for me because, you know, it went in with like, she was providing a service to me. I was paying for the photos. I had a really clear vision. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ended up just being this awesome vibe because we were both having such a good time. And That's so, awesome. you know, I, and, and I, I kept posing probably long. I knew we had shots, but I kept posing cause she was having fun and it was sort of like the, the reverse of you know, what you were describing <laughs> with, sure. with doing that, um, you know, scene for the the model Absolutely. Um, and still very professional. Like there was nothing inappropriate going sure. on. and
1: Yeah. That uh, I had, to, uh, like you're talking about just vibing with somebody that this rigor from St. Louis, she's excellent. She's, she's young, but she's very solid and very professional. Um, and I don't mean those as outliers. I mean, those as, uh, compliment, especially in somebody as, as young as this girl is. She's, she's very good, very solid, and very easy to work with, uh, as a rigger. Um, I shot her, um, I think it's a third or fourth time I've shot with her. And, uh, recently, it, it just, I saw a, a great improvement and we really vibed on a shoot because a lot of times the rigger tries to make the shoot about them and, uh, she didn't. And it was very much she would tie a position, clean up the rope, step out of the way and say, did you get that or did you get it? Did you get what you want or should I turn her back this way? And she was helping the shoot. She wasn't trying to make the shoot about her. Um, And as a result, we got I expected to get one or two poses, for instance, and we got like 15 out of this one shoot because she was so great to work with.
0: Um, So kind of talking about like the different head spaces you can get into during a shoot as the, you know, the rigger, the photographer, as the model, how do you feel about being on the other side of the lens? I would rather take a bullet in
1: the ass if that's an option.
0: (laughs) It's not for you.
1: (laughs) No, it is not for me. Um, I am, uh, again, going back to predicaments uh, or the puppet suspension we talked about. I have a hard time because uh, a lot of the girls in the kink scene do have an exhibitionist fetish and want to be under that center ring with everybody looking at them. And that is my personal coffin of snakes. So I had to figure out some way to not be the center of attention. So, um, yeah, for instance, predicaments, it's cool. I can tie the predicament and step away and everybody looks at the girl struggling and looking sexy and doing the thing. And I'm not the focus. So yeah, I don't like my picture taken. So basically
0: we'd have to hog tie you to get you in front yeah, of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm really not, I'm not a model. I'm not into it. Uh, you know, I'll take a, I'll take a selfie with the crew, but I'm not, I'm not into uh, like an actual photo shoot of me. If I am, I'm goofing around. Like I, I have done some, uh, some sort of selfie photo shoots where there was no model around and nothing to do. So I did like this weird Caravaggio, David and Goliath thing where I'm holding my own head. Like I just cut it off kind of just being, (laughs) just being weird, you know, in Photoshop and practicing light. But as far as actually having my photo taken, I don't like it.
0: You know, it just, this image, because my brain is like twisted and kinky and fucked up popped into my head of a person in predicament bondage. And like, maybe they have a thing about consensually, of course, being photographed and, Mm -hmm. If they move, they somehow like set off oh, yeah. the shutter.
1: That'd be great. Absolutely. We did, uh, I, I know we're talking more photography, but we did a, a fun predicament, an exposure predicament where we tied these one way weighted hitches um, and uh, the girl had on a wrap dress. And so she started with her arms almost crossed. Now she's bound so that she can't untie herself, um, but she's holding her dress closed and And every time she wiggles or moves or gives up any motion, these lines took up more of the slack and made her expose herself to the crowd slowly. And it was kind of cool.
0: That's really cool. (laughs) Yeah,
1: kind of neat, kind of different.
0: Yeah. All right. So, you know, if people want to see these amazing photos, where can they find them?
1: Uh, easiest is probably on FetLife. I'm, uh, not head or not underscore head on FetLife. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I used to do a lot of events, uh, COVID and the zombie apocalypse kind of killed that. But, uh, I mean, in 2018, 2019, I did something like eight events in seven months, plus my own weekend intensive. So I was uh, if, if there was an event, you, it was kind of like Garth Brooks in the 90s. You had to call around to find out where I wasn't going to be. <laughs> um, but nowadays, things have slowed way down. You know, we're a couple, three years later, and, and events are just starting to peak back up. Um, so hopefully when events open back up, there will be photography friendly. Uh, and that's kind of another soapbox or pet peeve of mine is people think kink has to be, you know, non-photo, anti-photo, photo-free a lot of events are having great photo rooms, and one of the nice things about it, especially when you invite good photographers, is you now have promo material for next year's event. And of course, everything is done consensually, and you know, people are everybody in the photos consented to being in it and all that, but you can really get some quality, fun photos at events, and, and people take those home and they love them. So, I'm a big proponent of that. If there was something I was hoping to accomplish, it was to to bring good photography to events and and make it a part of the event.
0: And I was joking last time we were talking about, um, you know, the, the bondage and I was like, all right, that's it. I'm sold. I'm going to be patient enough for someone to tie me so that I can get really amazing photos. So if I wanted to tie myself up with some of your gorgeous rope, where would I get it or where would our listeners get it?
1: Yeah. Uh, knotheadnylon.com is, uh, is my website and there's also a link there. You can reach me if you have questions about it or, uh, even if it's what events I'm going to be at or. Uh, various information like that. Same thing. There's there's a couple of writings on uh, on FetLife. People are always asking me what camera, what lighting, how do I get started, things like that. There's a, there's a lot of that stuff there.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. You have given us not um, one, but two amazing episodes this season. So I really appreciate it. And I hope you'll do a blast. again.
1: Yeah, I, I look forward to it. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be like Tom Hanks of Saturday Night Live and I'll have to do it so many times, I'll think I'm a cast member.
0: Yes, you're going to get like a five timers jacket. Right?
1: (laughs) I got my punch card here. So you guys said you validate parking. So
0: (laughs) thanks so much. Hey,
1: my pleasure. Have a great evening.
0: Thanks as always for listening to naughty talk. Our show is available on most popular podcast platforms for updates to submit a request to be a guest on the show to write in with questions for our hosts or request lifestyle advice. Head over to the show's page at sunnyleemaine.com. You'll also find information about my novels, including my Turn the Key series, which are dark erotica with themes of hypnosis, BDSM, and sometimes a little bit of magic. All books feature different kinks and are queer inclusive. I hope you've enjoyed the show and you join us again next time.